Welcome to episode eight of the Sister Cast. This is Zoe, and for the first time, I'm starting an episode of the podcast. You're in the right chair, as they would say on The View. Oh, that's what they would say? I don't know if they say that. You know, I don't watch The View, (laughs) but... I don't think anyone does. It's been around for like 22 years. I think a lot of people do. But I will say this. Since the 2016 American election, The View has gotten a lot more political, and I've Mm. been tempted to watch them. Right. There's so much daytime TV. There's a lot. And actually, I don't watch any TV during the daytime because that's my working time, right? When my kids are at school. So I don't watch. But my mother-in-law watches The View and she very much likes them. That's their target demographic. Yeah. Ladies who like cruises. <laughs> that is my mother-in-law. <laughs> I uh, I watched a ton of daytime TV back in January, February. When Sophie was little. Yeah. So I'm on maternity leave right now with um, a little one when she was like, yeah, one, two, three months. And now we're heading into the winter season again. And I plan on watching a lot of daytime TV November and December right before you head back to work exactly I've been PVRing a bunch of daytime TV shows and honestly they just sit there and they keep getting um and they build up but I will say I have been watching Kelly and Ryan oh wait who's Ryan Seacrest Ryan Seacrest is on the Kelly show yes I didn't know I don't know anything (laughs) that's been like since May no I yeah I wouldn't know that they're delightful oh are they good they're so good oh good okay and I think what happened was do you know who Megan Kelly is of course I know who Megan Kelly is yeah you didn't know that Ryan Seacrest was on the Kelly Ripa show so (laughs) if there's anything that's political TV related then I would know what it is her ratings have not been very good well her show has not been very good you know, content is king, as yeah. they say. She's yeah. really muddied her brand. With so has shift. her nine o'clock show launched yet? She's on in the morning. Yes. Yes. So that was the fear was that Megyn Kelly was coming to NBC, NBC whatever, yeah. some network and the nine o'clock and that that was going to hurt. And Kelly's on ABC, ABC at 10 at nine. Oh, at nine. At okay. nine. The, you know, it's that one hour and they've dominated for years. Right. At that nine o'clock time slot. And so they were like, okay, we need to get a new co-host because the mm-hmm. football player went to yep. Good Morning America or whatever. So they said, let's pull out the big guns. And they pulled out Ryan Seacrest. And he, I would say, is more popular than Kelly Ripa. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. But they're, the, the daytime people well, love the Ripa. Yeah. I mean, I think that he brings a wider, broader appeal to a very popular host like right so they kind of complement each other there it brought in other listeners other viewers mm-hmm. but what's fascinating why i was so interested in it is he hosts a daily morning show from los angeles and he hosts a national tv show from new york city i'm very confused he what so <laughs> where is he new york city so the la kiss, show kiss 1027 oh, or whatever oh, a radio show he hosts a radio show and so what time does that start? Well, 6, 6 a.m. Well, it, it's 6 a.m. to like 9 or 10 Pacific. L.A. time. But 6 a.m. is 9. Is 9 o'clock. So does, do they, what do they do? do I know. The day before? No. Do they talk it's about it? Fascinating. Tell it's fascinating. It's so good. Okay, hang on. Hang on. I want to get back to that. But we should probably explain what this episode okay. is. See, I... Even though I was put in the right chair, as you said, <laughs> I completely didn't do the proper introduction. So what we're going to do in episode eight is we're going to do a kitchen sink kind of an episode um, as we have been introducing this podcast and kind of feeling around how we like to do things. We've kind of settled into having kind of one big topic per episode, and we've got a long list of other little topics that we think, you know, they're probably not enough content there. There isn't enough content there for an a complete episode but there's a lot of things that we want to talk about so that's what we're going to do today starting with 
<laughs> tell me how a topic Ryan, I didn't even think we were going to be discussing. <laughs> tell but here me we how are. Ryan Seacrest is, has two shows at the same time in two different places. Oh, and he's going to be the host of American Idol when it comes back. The man is a machine. He's so great. Okay. Um. So they built him a studio, um, a radio studio right underneath where they film Kelly. Okay. So they do Kelly from nine to ten. Yeah. Which is. Uh, six to seven, and is it actually live from nine to ten? Mm-hmm. Or okay, so it doesn't start like a half hour nope. earlier. It's live, live okay. at nine. So he, I think they pre-record the stuff that runs from six from to seven six to on seven the West Coast, yeah, in Pacific time. And then as soon as that show's done at ten o one, he runs down to the studio and off he goes. And there, there might be some people on the West Coast who kind of. Fall. Well, no, I guess at 5 a.m. they're not watching. So the, so his show... No, but what time? At 9 o'clock in New York, three mm. hours before 6. Yeah. So no, his show has started from 6 to 7. Right. The same time that the Kelly Ripa show is on. Right. Um, But really, like... At 6 a.m., they're looking for the weather. They're yeah. looking for traffic. They're looking for some music as they yeah. get on the road. And But he does do... They, they have bits that they'll mm-hmm. pre-record or whatever. Interviews from the day before. Exactly. And so he provides all the content. And then yeah. the show really gets going at 7. Which is actually true for... Um, a lot of morning shows. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, so remember when I filled in yeah. uh, back in May on, on Jack FM? And I think you were listening, or maybe it was my husband. And he, you know, he tweeted or texted me and was like... That's not you. What is that bit they're playing at 620? It was the best of break from the, from the day, day before. before where someone else filling in, right? right? So they recycle content Yeah. because if a break was done at 8 o'clock or like an on-air bit was done at 8 o'clock, do you think the person listening it's at 620 a, heard it? It's a different audience. Yeah. So if you did a really good bit the day before, you do it again. You, you air that again so that everybody gets to hear it which is great but i think there's about like 25 people who work on the ryan seacrest morning show right bet, so yeah. he's the kind of morning show that everything's prepared for him he comes in and delivers it. right whereas there's other morning shows shout out to the guy i'm like obsessed with right now bobby bones bobby bones he is the total opposite there's who like has bobby bones who has an amazing podcast too the bobby cast bobby cast yeah and he actually just launched the nashville podcast network oh with jake owen is gonna have a podcast amazing. and a few other people because he strongly believes in podcasts he cool. thinks they're the future yeah so he wants a piece of the pie so he's created this little company called the right, Nashville. Right, right. But um, there's only six people on his national radio show huh. versus like right. Ryan Seacrest's right. 25 because he controls everything. Right. But also that's what he does as opposed to Ryan Seacrest who has like eight different jobs and he's able to have eight different jobs because he's got all these uh, people around him. Anyway, so. And it's different personality types, right? Like when mm-hmm. you are a creative person, um, you know, some people like to dig really deep into every layer of the creative process. Other people really excel at being that face of something, the the mm-hmm. slick on-air talent, and they really want a lot of prep work, you know, support work done for them and with them, yeah. right? Under their instruction, but... So admittedly, I like never listened to anything Ryan Seacrest did, right? right? I always knew him as the host of American Idol, but I never listened to his radio show because it's an LA radio, it's an LA radio show that wouldn't really appeal to me here. But watching him on live with Kelly and Ryan, like you get to learn more about him and he's a lot more casual. Mm -hmm. And I really only watch the first 15 minutes where they just are having banter. Right. That's more the chatter time. Love that. Yeah. That's the only thing I watch. And then I kind of fast forward Mm -hmm. through all the guests. Um, But that's what I like, that banter. There's something about the banter. I'm having my coffee. They're having my coffee. I'm agreeing. I'm disagreeing. (laughs) You know, it's like I'm having adult conversation, but I'm really not. So... 
And this is what their appeal is. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So they make fun of their executive producer, Michael Gelman. Who's Canadian. Is he Canadian? He is. His wife, remember? His wife, he's from Toronto. But is he, I don't think he's Toronto. He, his wife filmed a show in Toronto. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we can look that um, up. I might be wrong. Yeah. But there's think, a Canadian connection at the very she least. She filmed a show that was on the CBC called like Mom's Life or whatever. Yeah, because she had a Canadian connection. Yeah, like they wanted will, to film it We'll there. look it up. I'm looking it up She's now. looking it up right now. But I'm pretty Miracles sure he's not. Uh, I feel Canadian. like he is. Okay, do you want to put a wager on this? Yep. I want um, $2. <laughs> Did I already lose $2? I don't even know what I'm going <laughs> to... He was born in uh, Illinois. Oh, I lose $2. But yeah, his wife is Lori. She actually just wrote a book that I'm curious to oh, read. Oh, interesting. But I can't bring up reading books around you because then no, you, you get can. mad that I, I don't, don't read get your mad. books. No. Um, yes, yeah, Lori is a Canadian television personality because she had something called The Mom Show. Yeah. That I think maybe just aired. It was a Canadian-based talk show. Yeah, I feel like she's Canadian. Okay, well, we'll look that up more. We it, might have to just agree to... Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. no, I knew she She's was. Canadian. Yeah. He's not Canadian, though. Mm, but I feel like there was a connection. Well, she's Canadian. His wife is a connection. <laughs> but he's Kind of the not. strongest connection in a lot of ways. She graduated from Ryerson. Yeah. And she has a journalism degree. She just wrote a book called The Classroom Mom. Oh, interesting. About um, those eager moms at school. Like the helicopter parents who get involved with everything? It's a little bit different. Less helicopter, but yes. But like those moms who are like the ones who volunteer with everything and the ones who like... I'm not that mom. You know, look after the class, the classroom mom. I will say that I'm partly that mom. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Not really about the classroom. I don't really care about other people's kids, but about my kid. Three years down the road, you will be the PTA parent. The (laughs) running for the president of the Home and School Association. Did you ever watch Bad Moms? No, no, I need to. Yes, there's a Christmas one coming out. I don't out. watch anything. I don't watch morning shows. I don't watch <laughs> movies, generally speaking. I watched Wonder Woman. That's true. You know she was pregnant during that. I know. Well, only through the... They had to refilm some oh, scenes. She yeah. wasn't pregnant through the whole thing? No, no, no. So oh, the okay. vast majority of filming, she wasn't. But then she was pregnant. And when they had to reshoot oh, okay. a couple of scenes, they had to do some funny business with her costume. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that would be problematic to start entering into filming an action movie yeah. if she was like yeah. seven months pregnant. A couple of reshoots, <laughs> that's totally yeah. fine. No. So... um. At my daughter's school, she just uh, started at French Immersion. Um, for the last, like, about three weeks, they've been doing every day celebrating a different color, and they encourage you to dress your child in that color of the day. No, that is high maintenance already. No, I'm so excited. I bet you We are. plan the outfits the night before. She hasn't missed one. Oh, wow. So if your child is dressed in the color, you get to, your child gets to go up to the front and get their picture taken. No, I already hate this. <laughs> No, it's so great. No. She hasn't missed one. Okay, so that is sweet. But <laughs> I had this segues nicely into a rant that I did not yet tell you about. Oh, no. I'm excited. So for the last week, my kids, actually, to be fair to my older kid, who is a quite reasonable human being, it's really only been my youngest kid. My almost six-year-old has been talking nonstop about these egg keychains that he can win at school. Ooh. And I'm like, what are these egg keychains all about? And he's like, we learned about it in an assembly. And I was like, I know, but what is it all about? And he's like, there's a form. I was like, okay, but can you bring the form home? And they didn't, and they didn't, and they talked about it, and neither of them could explain because, you know, what happens at school, they forget by the time they get home. So today, they finally remembered to bring the form home, 
and the form is for magazine sales mm, and cookie dough sales. Amazing. And there is this glossy flyer with all of this plastic crap mm-hmm. that they will win, quote unquote, if they get enough points for selling enough crap. And I think that the whole thing is a giant scam. Mm-hmm. It is it, technically it is a fundraising thing for the school. But let's be honest, what's driving that is really profit for the magazine, for the, I mean, I don't want to besmirch the cookie dough company. I don't know if it's like a mom and pop thing. And if it is, I apologize, mom and pop cookie dough people. But I am like so seriously unimpressed by the fact that like a good week of my kids' school attention has been focused on plastic keychains that are rewards for selling stuff. That's not what the education yeah. process is supposed to be about. So like I so because of that, because of the fundraising could we swear on this podcast? Sure. Bullshit. Because of the p- fundraising bullshit, I tend to get kind of like my backup about anything like anything that heads in that direction. I don't mind like authentic things that kind of come up through the school community, local things, right? Like there's a, there is a family at our school who owns a pizza place. And so a couple of times a year, they do a pizza fundraiser. If you call and you order the pizza family dinner, you know, which is like $35, they'll give, I think it was $5 of that for every, you know, the, the price of the thing does not change, right? right? They always have this family thing, but a couple of times a year, it's my school's night. night. And if you call $5 from every one of those goes to the school and it raises a couple hundred bucks. That's awesome. You know, that's homegrown. Like people have a personal vested interest in giving back to the school. I think that's great. But these slick, anytime there's a slick flyer attached mm-hmm. to something, I am so suspicious. And I will say that my nine-year-old totally knew that it was not going to go well when the, when the six-year-old pulled out the flyer. He is all full. He was full of like, oh, mom, it's okay. I mean, we understand that it's, you know, like anything. I mean, just what you think. Like, I don't know. But maybe, okay, calm down is what he said to his little brother. And I'm like, I'm glad that you get it. But it's been a kind of a hard lesson for the almost six-year-old to learn this afternoon. We had a couple of long conversations about it. Well, yeah, that's fair, right? Yeah. We talked in episode six about Girl Guide cookies. Oh, and 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 I and I don't mind the Girl Guide cookies. So I wanted to because I didn't know that at the time, but three dollars and eighteen cents from every box that's sold—that's five dollars—goes back to Girl Guide. That's amazing, right? So yeah. there's a dollar, whatever, seventy-seven or something that goes to the cost of producing the cookies, right? Yeah. But I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I feel like that that is a, a good ratio. And it's also the cookies themselves have value. Right. You know? Yes, of course. Yes. Like, who needs magazine subscriptions in 2017? <laughs> Nobody does. No. I apologize to everybody who works in the magazine publishing industry. But your time has come and gone. So have you ever heard of Texture? It's like the Netflix for magazines. The look on my face right now. Podcasts don't. No, I haven't. No. No. So, do you think all magazines should just shutter? Well, the magazines that are currently being sold for. I don't. I don't read magazines anymore. Right. This this podcast episode is where Zoe is revealed to really hate (laughs) magazines, which is not fair. I don't hate political magazines i have a very narrow scope of interest is what this podcast has revealed but do you just think like it's not that you're opposed to reading articles it's just that you now consume them (laughs) in different ways you get them through facebook well 
yeah. So I subscribe to digital content. I, I subscribe to the Washington Post, which is not a magazine. It's a newspaper. Like you pay to get their articles? I do. Because, oh, yeah. I think I knew this. Yeah. yeah because I max out. So yeah. the Washington Post, um, they you can read 10 articles a month for free. Mm-hmm. And um, I read more than 10 articles a month on the Washington Post. So I subscribe. Mm-hmm. So I give them money um, for a digital subscription. I do not want that paper delivered to my door. I don't need, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I also subscribe to a couple of magazines, um, real print magazines. Really? Yeah. Um, quarterly ones. Right. Um, so there's one house one called Dwell. Which oh, is I've not heard quarterly. Of it's ten. Yeah. I think there's ten issues that we get, but it has it has value to us. Also, Dwell is not on the fundraising list of magazines for my kids' right. school. Um, yeah, because Texture is a digital. It's mobile, like it's an app, mm-hmm. and it's like Netflix. So mm-hmm. basically, I forget you pay like ten bucks a month or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you have access to Cosmopolitan, Self. I don't know if Dwell's in there. But like Oprah Magazine, any of those. And then you just click on them and you can look through them. Teen Vogue. I do like Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue is in there. Te- Teen Vogue has a really good political coverage. Do they really? They really, really, really do. I find that surprising. There is an editor at Teen Vogue named Lauren DeLuca. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Um, and she is, she writes scathing amazing articles about the state of American politics and how it affects teenagers young adults women in general um and yeah so they I don't have a subscription to Teen Vogue but I will look into their digital options I'm I just I don't know I really want the magazine industry to keep going for the sake of romantic comedies because every romantic comedy (laughs) ever made yeah they all work at magazines you know I feel like those will continue to be made whether or not there are actually magazines no, being printed. No, they don't make romantic comedies anymore. They there, really don't. It's been a while since there was had good one ones. made this year. Reese Witherspoon called Home Again. I think that's what it's called. Oh, the one with the younger guy. And it was terrible. And yeah. I went opening day because yeah. I love romantic comedies. Yeah. And I strongly believe if you want something to exist, you have to support it. Yeah. No. So here is where you are wrong. <laughs> This is so not the kitchen sink episode we were planning. But anyway, that's okay. We'll eventually get to the topics that we had planned. Okay, so here's where you're wrong. Romantic comedies are not dead or dying. They are simply at the bottom bottom curve of a trend. Okay. Podcasts also don't get my hand gestures at the moment. Right. Um, but I'm swinging my arm, you know, widely in the air. So it's like a roller coaster, right? And the roller coaster, like... It stops. Ignore that part of the analogy. But basically, a roller coaster can keep going, right? right? As long as you keep going on it. I'm I'm losing the analogy because we didn't plan this part out. Anyway, so there are we see this in books, right? Every so often in publishing, editors at New York publishers will say, "Vampires are dead." You know what has actually never been dead? vampire books those are perennial and i think that there are other books and types of movies that are less perennial um that really do have long lulls between kind of runs of of popularity so chiclet right they said chiclet was dead and now we're seeing in books a 
big resurgence in romantic comedy and chiclet type fiction. So I bet that in like two, three years, you're going to see a big surge of rom-com movies and you'll be so happy. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do need the books to be yeah. made. Like they need the books to be made into the, to the, make the movies. The books or the screenplays and, and particularly, you know, screenplays like a book can be made from a movie. I mean, a movie can be made from a book really quickly. Um, there was a book that came out at the beginning of this year um, called The Hate You Give, which is a young adult book, has gotten a lot of amazing buzz. It sat on the New York Times list for months and months and months. And they it came out in January and the movie is currently in production. Is it a romantic comedy? Or it is not a romantic oh. comedy. It's a serious drama oh. about young people. Don't no. worry about it. I, my point is that books can be made more quickly. Movies can be made more quickly yeah. from books yeah. where um, if if they're being made from a screen, an original screenplay, that takes much longer because the screenplay needs to be pitched and pitched and pitched yep. and people need to buy in when a book has already done really well. So like right now we're seeing movies made from books that have done really well in the last year or two and there really haven't been any huge breakout. Like no Bridget Jones Diary, which yep. originally came from a book. No Jennifer Weiner. No, no Jennifer Weiner books have really done super well. In no. Her Shoes, such a good movie. Uh, you know... Blonde and blonder girl. I will take your word for it. Um, <laughs> Did you never see that one? No, I don't see anything. Oh, so good. Tony Collette and Cameron Diaz. And Shirley MacLaine. Oh, that's ringing a bell. Maybe I did see yeah. that. It was good. Is it her name? Jennifer Weiner. Weiner. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Weiner. Yeah. yeah. Just those kind of movies. Where are those? Where are the Charlie's Angels, the Legally Blonde? Totally. So, so they're just not currently, yeah. you know, we're just in a little, but they will come back. Because they've been focused on the Nicholas Sparks movies. That was a that was popular for a while. The more dramatic stuff, and I can't watch more that. erotic stuff, can't more thrillers. It. Huge, I mean, thrillers yeah. and um, the domestic noir books, like Girl on a Train. Those were huge. Um, so one of the things I wanted to bring up, sort of in our kitchen sink episode, is overnight oats. I'm literally obsessed with these things. Yeah. So the last time that we recorded a podcast, I came over and. No, it was a couple podcasts ago. But anyway, I came over and you had overnight oats waiting for me. I know. I'm so excited And, and to it was share. quite delicious. Okay. So tell us more about your overnight oats. Um, so basically, you take the large flake oats. You can't use steel cut oats and you can't use microwave oats. It's like your large oats. Like quick oats? A five minute oats? Yeah. Okay. As long as a they're large flakes. Like, just large flakes. Like, okay. Lo- just regular oats. Half a cup of that. Throw it in a cup. Put some milk or yogurt in it. Put some protein, so either protein powder or peanut butter or Greek yogurt. Some fruit, and then put it in the fridge for eight hours. And it cooks. So it's a no-cook. Hey, this would be perfect for you with all your kitchen renovations. So you can make it the night before. And really, it's just about mixing that those oats with a liquid and making sure there's protein in there. Mm-hmm. And it is the most perfect breakfast or snack. And when you make it the night before, you, when you wake up in the morning... You can't make yourself bacon and eggs because you got bloody <laughs> overnight oats waiting for you in the fridge, right? You're obligated to eat them because so, you went to all that effort. I'm going about six weeks now. I've been having these every day, mm-hmm. six days a week for the past six weeks. And I've never felt better. Amazing. Like it's just, it takes the thinking out of what you're going to eat, right? So mm-hmm. you don't wake up in the morning because breakfast, like I think once you, if you start your day with a good meal, I think it just goes from there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those people who mornings, there's just not enough time, this is something you can make ahead and then you don't have to spend any time in the morning making it. You can just throw it in your bag and eat it at the office. 
have you thought about putting like a grated apple in there? I actually have. Oh my gosh. And that's why I've been doing it for six weeks now and I haven't got sick of it. What are your favorite combinations? Well, right now with it being October, you can make a pumpkin one. Right. Oh. So you can put it, So basically you don't have to put fruit in it, right? Like so as long as you put the oats and a liquid and a protein, then you can add whatever you want. So you put a couple scoops of regular um, pumpkin mixture in there, swirl around. I've done the grated apple. Um, but honestly, I have this vanilla bean protein powder right now that I'm using. I got it at Costco. And it does enough of a flavor that it's mm-hmm. very sweet. I don't like it with the peanut butter in it. Like I, I'm a more of a... Or just too peanutty. Yeah, just overpowering. Okay. I, I just like it with the protein powder, right? Right. Um, I really like it with the Greek yogurt. I just find that sometimes that it gets a little thick. Mm-hmm. So I do like it with the milk, but you can use almond milk or any other liquid, right? Keeps in the fridge for three days. Oh, nice. So if you make it and then decide you're going to have the scrambled eggs or right, whatever, right. but I always tell myself you have to eat it within 24. So you actually do. Right. Right. But it's a great snack, like great breakfast and great to make the night before. And have it's you done. tried heating it up? Yep. And how's that going? It's fine it's just unnecessary right you just like it cold yeah okay so I, I'm right now I'm on this great uh, routine where I take my daughter to school she gets on the bus really early 7 45 so then one of the neighborhood moms her daughter also gets on the bus at 7 45 and we can go for an hour walk because what else are you going to do at 7 45 in the morning right, right right so we go for a nice hour-long walk and then yeah. when we come back my overnight oats are waiting for me oh scarf yeah scarf those down and away we go and because they're packed with protein and all the fiber and all that stuff. I find myself like it's like noon. I'm like, I guess I could eat again. Like, you know, like really fuels me. So it's super easy, super cheap. Right. You know, a bag of oats is not not expensive. Just right. make sure you don't get the microwave oats and don't do the steel cut. Just For sure. regular large flake. I love that. That's exciting. So that is uh, my tip. Okay. What's next? In okay. Our- so it's really just kind of a hodgepodge of things that I've come across on the internet that I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. You have a tattoo. I do have a tattoo on the side of your body. I have a large tattoo on the side of my torso. And it's relatively new, right? Yeah. I got it for my, how old am I? 38? I got it for my 38th birthday. Did you get it like in January, February? No, I got it in April. I was supposed to, I I booked it. I decided for my birthday, I was going to get a tattoo. My birthday's in January. I decided for my birthday, I was going to get a tattoo. And then I called and made an appointment. And I had the consult pretty quickly. Um, But then my tattoo artist hurt his hand. Right. And hands are important. And mm-hmm. so we got pushed back. So by the time I eventually got it, it was um, in March, I think. Yeah, March or April. So when you pass on, yeah, would you like the Viking or your children to be able to keep your tattoo framed in a portrait? <laughs> so first of all... Um, no, that's creepy. Um, it, no, so so I don't like the idea that the Viking is going to outlive me. That's <laughs> distressing. Um, that or your children or my children. Yeah, of course, of course, I want my children to. So, outlive do you me. want your children to have your tattoo framed? They don't want it. That is like, would I want it? Them to have it? No, that's weird. Is this the creepiest thing you've ever heard? It's of? not the creepiest thing. No, I think that the mad pooping from episode whatever it was, five or six. Episode five. Episode five. That remains the creepiest thing I've we've talked about recently. Um I just think it's weird because tattoos are personal. They're not for your family. They're for you. That's good that you mentioned that because that's true. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Why? Why? Well, so this came up in my news feed and I was like oh that's interesting it's the National Association for the Preservation of Skin Art 
Okay. They have a website called SaveMyInk.com. Okay. And basically they offer a service which allows you to save frame pictures. Like they take your skin and they frame it. Except when I did a little digging on it, because you know how things come up in your newsfeed and you go, well, that's interesting. I should talk about that with my sister. (laughs) So then I did some digging. Yeah. It's actually from like 2015. It could have been earlier. And now the website SaveMyInk.com is closed down. Yeah. So I I think it was a viral thing that. You know what's another way to save your ink? Take a picture of it. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Then it doesn't, you know, start to curl like flesh would when peeled from the body. Right. Like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's no. rules and laws about skin yeah. and bodily stuff. That sounds like a, like an interesting way to have a website that goes viral for a very short period of time. So you're you're heading to Manchester in a little bit. I am, yes. Weeks. I'm taking my family to the UK. So this is a story out of Manchester. And I just wanted to know, who do you think is in the right or wrong here? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So there's a little girl. Her name is Ava, and she just turned four. Yep. And so to celebrate her birthday, she got a beautiful helium balloon and wrote a note on it. It says, hello, my name is Ava. I've just turned four. If you find this balloon, please post to Facebook so that I can see who found it. Okay. And then she sent off the balloon. So she you- sent it off, like let it into the air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let it into the air with a note saying, please find me on Facebook. Okay. Well, someone found it. It was a gamekeeper. Oh, no. And he tells the four-year-old girl that he found her helium balloon. Oh, no. And that it almost killed a deer. Oh, no. So here is what he posted on Facebook. And I want to know who's in the right or wrong here. I'm already cringing. Good morning, Ava. This is Russ, the gatekeeper, saying, You are a lucky little girl, as I have found your message this morning. I would like to wish you a happy fourth birthday. I hope this message reaches you and other little boys and girls. Because at 6.30 this morning, while you were tucked in bed, I was saving Bambi's life. She was choking on your birthday balloon. Your birthday balloon was found near... It says the town that they live in. So please, next time you test the power of social media, please spare a thought for wildlife and livestock. Okay. So, well, that note is much nicer than I thought it was going to be. And so I don't know if I'm going to pick a side. I mean, in general, in in general terms, I I wanted to say that I would side with a four-year-old like when you started this because like what adult reigns on a four-year-old's birthday parade. But on the other hand... As I'm sitting here thinking about this, I'm thinking, what four-year-old actually has the idea to do something and post it on Facebook? Oh, I like it. That wasn't necessarily her idea so much as her mom's idea or her sister's idea or her whatever. It was somebody else's idea and they put a four-year-old out there to be reprimanded by an adult mm-hmm. for something that is actually we should probably discuss the fact that it's not the smartest thing to do for animals um i don't know i mean in general it, it like ju- that's generally speaking it's an that is an unfortunate episode all around but it's a good lesson for us to know okay we can't be letting balloons out in- it is and since four-year-olds probably shouldn't have Facebook accounts, let's hope that the only people that saw that were Ava's parents. Right. And everyone else who's... And everyone else who was thinking like, of doing hey. something like that. Okay. So um, this is an entrepreneur in Ottawa. Okay. If you smuggle drugs into the prison, they sell for 10 times more the street value. Well, that's not entrepreneurial. <laughs> that's criminal. But okay, continue. Well, no. So he took eight kinder egg <laughs> containers okay. 
stuffed it full of drugs, yeah. stuffed it up his butt, and then went out to get in trouble. What? Then, oh, on purpose. On purpose. He to got get, arrested to, to get, get into jail. With a bum full of full, drugs. Yes. So that's where he's entrepreneurial. <laughs> so it's not like he was in jail or had a friend bring it in. He said, I'm going to load myself up. And then, so what's the quickest way to get in trouble? No. He threw a rock at a police cruiser no. in front of a courthouse. No. He's like, this will be great. Then they can just haul me right in there, get him into jail. That's when the plot unraveled, though. Because the cop was sort of onto him because he was all squirming and being... Like you know, he had a bum full of something? And being uncomfortable. So the, what they do when they suspect something like that, they put them in a dry cell so that's no plumbing. And the guards will, you know, wait, wait it out. Until you have to poop. Yeah. And he just couldn't. And then, uh, wow. but he actually did it himself when he got in, when he got in, he was like, well, I got to retrieve these out. And there's like no plumbing, nowhere to go. So he got busted. So, <laughs> wow. But truthfully, when I read this article for the first time, I thought it said, man smuggles eight Kinder Eggs up his butt. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you smuggling chocolates up your butt? They're going to melt. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> I guess for our American friends, we should say what Kinder Eggs are. Oh, I think most Americans know what Kinder Eggs are because they are coveted because they can't have them. Because it's actually like illegal to illegal. bring. Illegal. Yeah. Like not just confiscate at the border. Like I think. Yeah. No, you cannot. Yeah. And is it because they're a choking hazard? No, it's because um, there there is a rule in the States that you cannot put objects inside food. Right. And technically, the Kinder Egg has an object inside the food. Right. That you can't eat. You can't eat the object that's in the food. You can eat the chocolate, but the thing that's in it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I have heard that they do have an American version that maybe is only chocolate that doesn't have the thing. I'm not really, I'm not sure. Hey, if If you are listening, (laughs) if you are listening to this in the States, um, we would love to hear about your Kinder Eggs. That have not been used for smuggling drug purposes, but just regular straight old Kinder Eggs. Do you have them? Have you heard of them? Are you like, what are these things? Maybe Amanda should have been allowed to describe what they are. We would like to know what your American understanding is of Kinder Eggs. So we went, um, got the three pack of Kinder Egg toys and they were, I want to say frozen. Let's just say for the sake of argument, they were frozen. There was three Kinder Egg toys. Two of the toys were the exact same. No, in a three pack. In a three pack. Oh, no. That's, yeah, that's shoddy. That is, right? Like, it would be different if you picked it out of the shelf. Totally. You know, but no, in a three pack. Yeah. No. I almost tweeted at Kinder Egg. Yeah, I would have. Um, I'm I'm kind of bitchy that way. Um, The only time that we get the multi-packs is at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. We usually put a multi-pack in the the six-year-old's stocking. All the Americans are super jealous of our Kinder Eggs <laughs> and our hashtag first world problems yeah. with these Kinder Eggs. Sh- so. Should I make a confession? I'm not planning to go to the States anytime soon. I have mailed Kinder Eggs across the border. What? I know. Yeah. One of my readers, her kids love watching the Kinder Egg um, videos on right. YouTube. And I had said something about my youngest loving Kinder Eggs. And she said, my kids are so jealous because they watch. And I thought, you know, she has like, four kids three little ones i think and 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 her daughter's older and i thought i want to send them kinder eggs and so i did i you know i don't remember what i said on the declaration 
obviously i lied <laughs> they successfully got there they successfully got there wow yeah. wow those kids you made their day <laughs> that's so fun all right well i think that pretty much wraps up episode eight yes thank you for joining us on the sister cast we shall be back again with more discussions 